lovelies to the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. My name is Deborah Laws, the dance business expert. My passion is to help you turn your passion into profit while guiding you to work less and earn more. I'm super excited to share interviews with you that I know will inspire and motivate you in your schools, as well as my solo shows where I shall be sharing some great tips and strategies. So if you love the show, please do remember to review, subscribe and share it with your fellow dance boss friends. So let's get stuck into the business of dance. Hello, everyone. I want to talk to you today about creating a five-star experience. Now, I am fresh off the back of my dance business conference, which was just two or three days ago. And so I am really still thinking about how everybody felt, whether people are likely to sign up for another conference, the good things, the bad things. You know, I'm in that kind of analysis stage, that debriefing stage. What could we do better? What went really well? And it just kind of made me think about you guys and your shows and concerts your recitals, but also just the experience that people have when they come to your school for the first time. So I wanted to say that it's it's a journey. I want you to think about what does the journey look like, whether it's an audience member coming to watch a performance or whether it's a parent bringing their child to a class for the first time or whether it is, in fact, an adult coming for a dance class. The first thing we need to think about in terms of, you know, really logistical things is how easy, how easy is it for them to book and to communicate with you prior to whatever your event is? And then when they come on the day, let's talk a little bit about parking. Is there suitable parking? Have they got to walk for miles? Is there um, a gate that looks like it's closed? Like, what would it look like for someone that has never been to your venue in terms of them finding where you are? And it might make perfect sense to you that you go down the little back lane and you walk around the corner and then there's a door with a sign on it. But for someone coming for the first time, how are they going to feel knowing that they don't know that? Are they going to feel a bit lost? Are they going to be getting a bit anxious? So think about that very, very first moment before they've even reached you. How is it for them? So if you were doing a performance, you know, we used to have a venue that was miles from the car park. There was simply nothing we could do about it. So we had two or three volunteers dotted along the way from this car park all the way to the theatre entrance, pointing people in the right directions. We had signage. We had balloons that we put on the signage so that people could see the signs from a distance. So although they parked their car and it was a good four, five minute walk to the venue, they knew exactly where to go because there was someone standing there pointing them in the right direction. They followed the balloons. They followed the signage. Then there was another person. Like There was never any question or any worry about where they were going. They just followed what we put in place for them. And then when they arrive at your studio or at your theatre, 
the meet and greet element I feel is so important. Have you got staff? Have you got team there ready with a huge big smile, not flustered, not feeling untrained and unsure of what they're supposed to be doing? Do they know exactly where to point people, what direction they should be going in? Do they have um, all the answers? Should any questions come up? So it's all about that very first initial greet. We want them to feel welcome. We want them to feel safe. We want them to feel like we are thrilled that they are there. It's got to be all about them, folks. It's all about their experience. And then, of course, what happens during the performance or during the class that you can, what can you do to make that a really five-star experience. So for example, are you creating performances that are so long that however good and however great the numbers are or the kids are or the adults are that are in the performance, people are just getting sore bums, they need the loo, they're fidgety, maybe they're anxious because they haven't been able to check their phone and they've left the kids with a new babysitter. Like, are you not really thinking about your audience because you're more busy thinking about the fact that, oh my gosh, I've got 70 classes to get in this show. I once went to a dance show that was five hours long. I'm not joking. (laughs) Yes, I think there were two intervals, but it was crazy. It was so long. All I could sense around me was a whole audience of people that didn't want to be there anymore. And that just feels so sad. So, you know, whether or not you have to create multiple casts, whether you need to join classes together, whether you need to not allow so many solos, like whatever you need to do, Yes, of course, it's about the kids, but it is it really is about the experience for the members of the audience, too. And what can you do to spice things up a little bit? Like I am a massive one for sitting and giving myself the creative space to come up with ideas and methods and strategies that means that people get a little bit of unexpected magic thrown in there. This is something I really love to do. So I took myself off to a spa one day. It's kind of like a working spa day where it felt like a treat. It felt like a special, calm, quiet um, location. There was no phone. There was no emails. And I just sat and I just brain dumped every idea I could possibly come up with around creating magic in my, my kids' show. And so we did things like we put some hidden prizes in the programs. So it wasn't until they'd got their program and they were sat down and they opened their program that they discovered a prize dropped out. And these could be things like, you know, a free hoodie for their child or um, a, a, a free trial month in a new genre. If you're really clever, they could be things that actually end up being an upsell. And then we also had things like a flash mob during the interval. We had a parents dance that happened that nobody knew about. And it started with parents standing up in the audience. This is part of the flash mob and then going down, walking down through the audience and going onto the stage. We gave out glow sticks to every single person that walked through the theater door. And we got the audience to snap the glow sticks and wave them 
in the finale of our last performance. So the kids weren't expecting it. Like, what are the little touches that you could sprinkle in that would make magic? So in my conference last week, for example, we wanted to also create a bit of magic for our very special guest speakers. We had some phenomenal speakers that came and spoke at my event. And some of these people speak all over the world and they speak at many, many events, some of which is quite corporate, quite businessy, quite entrepreneur kind of um, world. And I just wanted the dance business conference to stand out and be a little bit different for them. So I thought I would just share with you guys today the um, planners that I have produced for dance school owners because these are flying out of Amazon like hotcakes. And if you don't have yours yet, then all you have to do is pop to Amazon and type into the search Deborah Laws and all three books will come up. So the ultimate dance business planner I designed for you so that you had a little bit of a Deborah on your desktop. (laughs) The planners are full of business training, tips, motivational quotes, Uh, Things to do at the start of the month, things to do at the end of the month, ways in which you can plan out your marketing and your retention, and they are selling all over the world. So go to Amazon, grab your number one best-selling ultimate dance business planner and enjoy mapping out the growth for your studio. So we created a Mexican wave. We did it before the first speakers arrived, so none of them knew about it. So what happened was when a speaker blew, I had an air horn, when they blew the air horn, and I told them at any time in your in your session, if you want to create a bit of a, uh, a state change, if you want to get people up and moving, um, just blow this air horn and see what happens. So they didn't actually know what was going to happen. And when that happened, my AV technician played a piece of music and then each table got up and did four counts of choreography and sat down. And then it finished with everyone freestyling at the end. Now, this is something that has never happened <laughs> at a business conference before. This is what I was told by several speakers. And they were just, they just thought it was amazing. Like they were just like the energy, the fun, the vibrancy in the room, because we were like dance teachers, dance school owners. And so I wanted to create that. Hence, I came up with that idea. And then something slightly different. Um, everybody had a lanyard with their names on them. And I had, unbeknown to them, put a little card inside their lanyard, slotted in between the two pieces of paper with their name. And the card was a You Are Awesome card. And it said, You Are Awesome on the front. Please give this card to anyone that you think is awesome. And on the back, it was blank. So you could write a little message. And we'd slotted these in between the lanyards. And... um two thirds of the way through the conference, I said, right, everybody open your lanyard. Nobody knew there was anything in there. And of course they all got to either keep it for themselves or write a message and hand it out. And everybody stood up and wandered around the room and found the person they wanted to hand it to. And we had lots of hugs and we had lots and lots of love being shared in the room. So there's simple, inexpensive little ways that you can create that 
wow, that you can create the memories, that you can stand out because you do things that potentially are a little bit different to what everybody else is thinking. So maybe there are ways that you get people networking. And, you know, networking is also important when you run a dance school because you want your parents to get to know each other. You want them to create friendships. You want them to bond because the more bonded your community is, the more people are going to want to hang around. The more they feel a part of it, the more they love being part of your dance school, the more they support you. So the more they give back to you, the more helpful they are, um, the less they complain because they just love you so much. It's about creating and facilitating those opportunities. So what could you do that would help to instigate the kind of building of relationships? Is there something you could do in the interval of your performances? Is there something that you could do while they're waiting to pick up their kids whilst they get changed backstage? Is there something that you could do in your watch weeks? Something you could do in your changing room? Something when your new trial parents come along? Could you have a, a, um, a parent ambassador that is the person that stands and makes an effort to chat and welcome somebody new into the school? Like, what can you do to create a kind of a networky way of bonding your families together so that they are forming friendships for life? We don't just want the kids to have friendships for life. We want some of these parents to have friendships for life as well. And I think... You know, it's it's about trying to see it from their perspective. So going back to what I mentioned at the beginning about making sure they knew where to go and where to park, you know, maybe you have got a little welcome sequence of emails that you send out when someone books for a trial. Perhaps one of those could be a little video that you attach to the email that actually shows them. It could be one of those little speeded up videos that shows them once you've parked, you walk across the car park and down this corridor and you turn right and you turn left. And then it could be a little video of you standing there waving outside the studio. Um, you could even have a class going on, you know, and all the kids stop and wave and say, welcome. You know, imagine sending that to a parent before they come. Like thinking about the experience that they're going to receive. During the child's class, are they sat in a cold, damp, God forbid, smelly church hall where they just don't really want to be there? Or have you made sure that that they're warm? Have you made sure that there is potentially a tea and coffee that they can help themselves to? Have you left some magazines or a little box of toys for their toddlers to play with? Have you created the beautiful friendships and networking organically so that parents in that same waiting room will always make an effort to talk to new people. And then at the end of your class, is there then a procedure, a structure that you've taught your teachers where they're going to come out and give some feedback so that, that parent leaves feeling like they knew where to go, they knew what was going to happen, they had a lovely warm welcome, it was a convenient, nice atmosphere to be in. You had one of those lovely, smelly um, um, little things that you plug into the wall and it, it's, it gives out beautiful, smelly fumes. Like if you've got a place that doesn't smell great, do something about that. I know it takes a while to set it up, but make this a wonderful experience, not just for the kids and the adults taking the class, 
but for the carers, for the grandmas, for the mums and the dads, it's all part of what holds people, what glues people to your school for a really long time. And of course, what else does it do? When someone comes to your show and they are blown away with the magic that you have created, all those little touch points that I talked about. When someone comes from a class and it's just really magical and really pleasant, what are they going to do? They're going to go and tell the world. They're going to become your raving fans. They're going to go and shout about the wonderful dance school show that was just the right length, that had all these little magical moments, that had all these unexpected fun things that happened. They're going to talk about your class, where they felt welcomed, where they sat and there were magazines and it smelt nice. And there was, goodness, you could even have a little speaker in the corner playing a little bit of music or with the radio on. No one wants to sit in a cold, smelly, damp church hall. <laughs> I say this because I know this is what my mum did for many years for me. So all of these things are what are kind of all wrapped up in the experience. And we get so busy thinking about our students and what a great class we can deliver. And did they make friends? And did they learn something that we forget about all the external things that's going on around us? I am so eternally grateful to my wonderful mum who sat in that smelly, cold, damp church hall week in, week out, year in, year out. Because I tell you what, I don't know that I would. I think I would have taken my son to something like that a few times and then been like, oh, it's just horrible. Oh, I hate it. You know, and I just would have found any excuse. <laughs> the minute he said, mom, I'm not sure I want to go to that dance class anymore. I'd be like, fine. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, no problem. I don't want to go out late on a Friday night at seven o'clock and then have that experience when I get there. So can you see how putting a little bit of thought and really special care and attention into the external experience could actually have a vast impact on your attention, your word of mouth, your student numbers, and ultimately the success of your school? I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope you're going to go away and take yourself off to a spa. It's a good excuse, isn't it? Do some brainstorming for your next event or for your new classes that are starting or new trial students that are coming. What could you do to create a beautiful five-star experience that gets everybody talking? Take care, guys. Look forward to you spending some time with me on the next episode of the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. Ciao. So I wanted to quickly tell you a little bit about Showtime Circus. This is run by my good friend, Jess, who has created an incredible circus bolt-on franchise for your dance school. Because aerial and circus performance skills has become a really desirable skill set for choreographers and casting directors. And so Showtime Circus offers the opportunity to buy a franchise package, which will give you all of your necessary equipment, training from experienced staff, syllabus plans, ongoing support, and business support to launch your new franchise. 
It will really energize your school with increased revenue streams, new student opportunities, and of course, bring all the fun of the circus to your school. So do go and visit showtimecircus.co.uk to find out what the new buzz is around circus skills. Oh, 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 oh,